Welcome back to Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And today I have a very special guest for you. Well, they're all very special, but this one in particular, Amy Pilkey's CRNA. She's a coaching client of mine from about three years ago who came to me with an update that I was so excited to share that we're going to talk about today. It's an organization that she developed called Pause to Remember, and she'll tell you a lot more about it in the episode. But what I really want to emphasize before we get into it, it's just to remind you that these life changes, these organizations that we make, these brilliant ideas do not happen overnight. For Amy, this has been a project years in the making, and I'm so excited to help her launch it out into the world. So hear about her word today present and about her organization, Pause to Remember. Welcome to the podcast, my fellow colleague and friend, Amy Pilkey. It is so great to be with you today. Well, thank you so much for the invitation and for having me today. Yeah. So tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself, how we met, and the magic you're putting out into the world. Hmm. So I'm a CRNA, homeschooling mama, a yoga teacher, and online founder of Pause to Remember, which is a community to help healthcare providers build courage, strength, and resilience after pregnancy or infant loss. And my goal with that project is to offer space because it can be really lonely as a provider to experience a miscarriage or a stillbirth or infant loss and offer some space to grieve and some tools and some tips based in mindfulness practices to just help through that grieving process. And this comes out of your own personal experience. Would you be willing to share that today? Sure. In 2016, our daughter, Anna Grace, was stillborn and it was very unexpected. It was a pregnancy that I didn't have any problems with until my 20-week ultrasound. And that's when we found out that she was pretty sick and uh, she ended up passing and I was induced and had her. And I really struggled through that. As a healthcare provider, I was delivering her in the hospital in which I work. And my couple of my coworkers took care of me, you know, and then the aftermath of maternity leave and everything that happens to your body physically, you don't expect for your milk to come in and the grief surrounding that. And then getting through maternity leave and trying to re-enter the workplace and all the triggers that surround you. I had a lot of support from my manager and coworkers. They were absolutely wonderful to me as well as everybody I had at home, family and friends, my husband. But there were times that I still felt really lonely. A place that I felt peace and solace was on my yoga mat or in my meditation practice. And I had learned a lot of mindfulness practices in a mindfulness-based stress reduction course that I'd taken a couple of times earlier um, in my career. And I applied a lot of those to my grieving. So I went on and became a yoga teacher, got my 200 hour certification, and then got a restorative yoga certification and uh, yoga for cancer certification, started teaching in some local studios and whatnot. One of the girls that I went to teacher training with, uh, Shauna Locke, she and I started Pause to Remember as a brick and mortar evening type workshop for women who were grieving after pregnancy or infant loss. And it was wonderful, the people who we worked with 
But when you're trying to get something up off the ground, trying to get the marketing and the word out, that was really challenging. And we didn't have a lot of time and resources for that. And so it kind of fizzled a little bit. And then the pandemic came. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to move this online. Well, everything's going online. This is the perfect time. But the chaos of the pandemic, being a healthcare provider and all the transitions that we were going through at work and homeschooling my son, I got the website built and I got some of the key foundational things in there, but I never really got it up and going. So I've had some changes now, thanks to coaching with you in my life. And I have a little more time and space to just support and hold space for women, particularly healthcare providers who have had a miscarriage, a stillbirth, or a, an infant loss and, and need some support for somebody who's kind of been there and, and gone through the journey. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what we all need is community and to be heard. And, you know, I think it's just so important that we make these pockets of safe space because I it just, I can't imagine delivering at the same hospital that I worked at, having an infant loss, a stillbirth, and and still showing up every day and and i can think there's a particular room in the icu where i trained i probably will still not walk into this day you know just the the trauma effect of it and just the courage that you had and and the resources that you are now giving other healthcare providers to to deal with our work because it both we have our own trauma personally, but then we have trauma that surrounds the work we do. And then when those two worlds collide, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yes. And there's triggers everywhere. You know, it, whether it's a patient, like an ectopic pregnancy that you have to take care of in the OR, if you're an anesthesia provider, or you're a NICU nurse and you are now dealing with you know, critically ill little babies that might be the same gestational age as your baby that you lost. You know, there's just, and, and sometimes it's things that you don't even think about. I had a trauma patient that had HCG levels through the roof. And I'm like, she's not pregnant. They said, I got a report that she wasn't pregnant, but she's got high HCGs. It's because she had terminated her pregnancy right before the accident. And that, that just put me in a tailspin. <laughs> like I had to call my coworker and get me out of the OR because I had just gone in to relieve another provider. And I was like, I, I, this is too much for me. <laughs> And so to have somebody say, it's okay if you have those moments and it's okay if you say, I can't do this right now, it definitely took some support from a therapist, from my family, from the management team where I worked to try to figure out how I was going to reintegrate. And I was really lucky because I had the pediatric palliative care team at my hospital who helped me reenter the workforce. And there was a couple of times that I had some serious breakdowns and they helped me and I don't know that every hospital has that for their workforce to help them back in. And so I want to be that person if somebody needs it. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. I love that the work that you're doing and the word that you're bringing to me today is present. So tell me why you picked that word. Mm. So typically things get a little chaotic when you start worrying about things in the future, anxiety, fear, or if you are stuck on things that happened in the past and you get tied up in that sadness, depression kind of follows. But in the present moment, usually if you can find something, even if it's just a deep breath, usually right here, right now is okay. And usually right here, right now in the present moment, it's okay. 
And, and if you think about the word present, it's a gift. So this moment is a gift. Take it as it is. And then just take the next moment and the next moment. And that really seems to settle things down for me. And maybe it would for somebody else. I love that that tip as well, because we're all in our heads. Let's be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. And like you're talking about, like the triggering that that surfaces old memories, old grief, or flashes you forward to future anxieties. What's your favorite things to help ground you and bring you into the present? If I'm on the fly, literally either a walking meditation where you are thinking about putting your heel and your toe and rolling forward to your next heel and toe. I do that in the OR sometimes if I'm having a bad day and I'm leaving to, you know, go get the next patient or something. That's one. Another is just a simple sitting meditation and paying attention to my breath or getting on my yoga mat. Those are the three things that I typically fall back to walking, breathing and moving. Yeah, absolutely. I have really got into the feeling my feet in my shoes as I walk. Mm. I don't know that I do it as like a proper meditation, but like if I'm going from room to room or I'm running down the hallway to pharmacy or whatever, maybe, you know, getting kids out the door in the morning and it's all crazy. But I got that tip because if you think about it, the longest nerves in our body run to the tips of our toes. Mm -hmm. And so it's the furthest away that we can get from our brain. Love (laughs) that. That's what I think about, like getting totally out of my head and, and going all the way down to the tips of my toes and feeling, even trying to like contextualize what my socks feel like, or if I'm not wearing socks, what the insides of my shoes feel like. That is one way that it's my corny grounding technique whenever I'm having thought tornadoes and things are like spinning around and I'm like, (gasps) okay, my toes on the ground. I love it. I think I'm going to steal that. Well, because I mean, who teaches us that? They don't. It's like next room, next patient, moving on. Go, go, go. And so I think it's so important to have these exercises that, you know, sometimes you don't have the time to sit down and do 30 minute yoga, you know, in the middle of your shift or in the middle of your day or anything like that. But having these kind of like life hacks until you get to that point, because you do need to at some point have that debriefing, have that like explosion of steam to feel all your feelings, to go through the grief process. And it's. I think we're starting to see a cultural shift that we don't have to be stoic all the time, that it is okay to be human. And I love that's what you're doing with Pause to Remember is like reminding us mamas out there and even dads, like it is absolutely and 100% okay to grieve. Mm -hmm. We don't have to always be taking care of someone else. We can let ourselves be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an act of bravery when you reach out and say, I need help. Because I know that it it took a lot of courage to say, I, I'm not doing okay with all of this and I need some support. And I truly believe the further I get into my own journey, it's not a one size fits all. Like it's not a, you just need coaching or you just need therapy or you just need an antidepressant or you just need girls, friends to talk to. For me, it seems like it's like a smattering mm-hmm. of all of that and helping people find that recipe for what serves them best in, in that portion of life. 
it's it's been really important for me to have all of those different things as, as I've dealt with all sorts of different stuff, you know, all sorts of different triggers and traumas and hell, just life events mm -hmm. that happen that I love that you use the multimodality in pause to remember that it's not just a like, oh, read this book and then you're going to be okay. Oh, no. And grieving, I mean, there's one universal truth about grieving is it is unique. So what works for one person may not work for the next person. And I think it's about kind of trial and error a little bit. Like, how will I feel if I try this on for size? It's kind of like, you know, when you go into a fitting room and you try on some different shirts and different pants to see what works, you know, I kind of feel like mindfulness and grieving and, and journeys are kind of like that. You know, you try this and see if this works. You try that and see if that works. And what doesn't work, you leave in the fitting room and what works you take with you. And you got to be brave enough to step in the fitting room sometimes. That's the first hardest, biggest step. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's just taking your clothes off and trying on that pink polka dotted uh, bikini. Yes. <laughs> that you saw yeah. on the hanger. Absolutely. And sometimes you surprise yourself like stuff that does fit and you're like, oh, okay, that was okay. And then other times you're like, Meh. it's just, I feel like that's the same thing with mindfulness when I, I sit and do that. And so the, the people that you've worked with through their grieving process and through their grieving journey, what's some typical things that maybe would be analogous with our listeners that might be experiencing the same thing? I think that expecting that it's going to end at a certain point, it never really ends. You just learn to carry the weight of the grief as you go along. And there's different things you pick up that makes you a little stronger. I think that's one thing. And number two is you're never going to go back to how things were before your loss. So instead of saying, I want everything to be the same, saying, how am I going to find a new norm? And how is my journey going to help set me up so that I can get to a place that feels more peaceful and more grounded? And also too, saying the job that I had before is no longer serving me and fulfilling me and making me feel professionally alive as it did prior to my loss. I think it's okay to say that. It took me a long time to get to that point where I decided to make a shift in what I was doing. And part of that came from working with you. Um, and part of it came from working with another coach that's helping me to get pause to remember kind of up and going. And this, this idea is you get to choose. No, you did not choose to lose your baby, but you can choose how you want to grieve and you can choose what you want your future to look like in your new norm. So powerful. Oh, that was just amazing tips. Amy, if someone is really resonating with your message and they need to reach out, uh, what are the ways that they can get in touch with you or follow you on social media? So the best way to get in touch with me is to go to my website. It's pause to remember.org, or you can go over to Instagram at pause to remember on the website, there are a couple links so that you can get on my calendar if you just want to have a, a little chat. And then I'm going to start an actual formal group um, beginning February 20th. I'll be putting some more information on the website in the next week here about that. It'll meet on Sunday nights for about an hour and give you a little homework during the week. And it'll be a small group. I'm going to cap it at eight people so that 
having other women going through the same thing, it's going to be limited to healthcare professionals going through the same thing at the same time, that sense of community and support, I think is really powerful. And having other women who are experiencing some of the same things professionally, as well as emotionally, I think could be really powerful and helpful for women. I love it, Amy. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And I'm just so excited to elevate you and help pause to remember be out there in the world. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being a huge part of my journey and coaching me and making me realize that things can change and life is fluid and it's okay to put a pause in your life and regroup and shift. And if it doesn't work, you can try again. And and your presence in my life has been very powerful in this journey. So thank you so much. friend, I want to invite you to my monthly masterclass. It's live. It's confidential. It's a whole shit ton of fun. Let me tell you. It's typically the last Sunday of the month, but check the dates because sometimes I do change things around. Could almost bet it's at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We talk about a variety of topics such as burnout, aka my favorite, being a badass, taking breaks, going outside, student loans, burnout recovery, relapse, and so many more. So click in the show notes so that you can get signed up today and get the emails with the notifications of the date, the time, the link, and all the deets that you will need for it. Thank you so much, Amy, for the kind words today. It was an absolute honor to accompany on your coaching journey for the small amount that I got to do. You really are a badass, my friend. You are taking names, kicking ass, and I just want to lift you up and say kudos to you for taking the next best step. I'd highly encourage if Amy's story resonated with you, get a hold of her. She's absolutely awesome. I can't wait to hear more about what she's doing in mindfulness to help with our own traumas and our grief in healthcare and as healthcare providers. Also, too, if you want some more support, come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Slack group. That's right. We're talking over there as well, and I'd love to get to know you better. All right, my friend. Well, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See ya.
big limbs and heavy lids. Drums. 